Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Allegiant, directed by Robert Schwenker and released in 2016. The plot of Allegiant goes something like this. In the third movie of the Divergent series, Triss and her friends escape beyond the wall, only to find themselves trapped once more. Sorry, I just remembered what happens once they get beyond the wall and I started laughing. Yeah, they go into the wasteland and then they get caught by Jeff Daniels and his people. No, no, no. The bit where the, like, <laughs> where we're all sitting in the cinema and then there's just like this, like the, the, the hollow wall thingy. Oh, right. And yeah. then the things show up and then they encase them in like goop and they float them. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then they finally see the city and, and Triss, I was about to say Katniss, and Triss is all like, wow, this is amazing. And I'm like, that's amazing. You just got floated in goop. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we saw oh, a legion. We did. Ugh. It was like I, no. I just don't understand how these movies keep getting dumber and crazier. Mm. Like it's astonishing to me. And I also I feel like some of the actors have gotten better. Oh uh, yeah, but some um, of Theo James worse. has gotten better. Yeah, Theo James has gotten. Miles Teller has always been good. Theo James is now only the second worst actor in the main in the main group instead of the worst. Mm. And Ansel Elgort has well and truly outstripped him as mm. the worst. He's such a lump. Yeah. He's, oh, he's I awful mean, in I, he's kind of lumpy anyway. He's a bit of a, he was a bit of a lump in that cancer movie. Yes, but um, he was better in the cancer movie than this. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, yeah, at least he had, like, there was something about him in that. But mm. Yeah, they're, they're, they're working really hard to try and get you to pity him, and I did not pity him at all. I was just mm. like, can he die now? Is he going to die now? I wasn't worried about him dying, but I was just like, is he going to actually ha- – were we going to have a proper character journey of – from the turnaround from what happened at the end of the last movie where he betrayed her. But there was a turnaround. It just wasn't well done. Yeah. Or good. Or, wasn't. I mean, but that's, you know, I guess for later. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like there are so many things that we need to address before we get to that. Oh, this is so silly. And the green screen was terrible. Mm. But I feel like Triss has gotten worse. And I think the major problem yeah. with that in this movie is the shift and I, I know that this is in the third book. There's a shift in point of view from Triss to Four. Oh, that's the problem with this movie. Yeah. I, there's too many scenes where we just hang out with Four and not her. Yes. And Triss starts to come off as kind of like an aloof, snobby bad guy. Yeah, yeah. She seems like it's a bit too chosen one. She's not one, a person of the people anymore. She's just an exalted chosen one. Yes. And, and I mean, I know she's getting manipulated by Jeff Daniels, whose character name... David. Thanks. Because I was, I was like Daniel. Nope, that's his last name. <laughs> I, David. Think he, I think he's called David. Yeah, they they do this thing in these movies where like they keep talking about everybody like they're cult leaders. Have you noticed that? Mm. It's like, oh, it's Janine, 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 Evelyn, Evelyn, Evelyn. Yeah, David, yeah. David, and you're like, what is going on? Yeah, <laughs> it was really weird. And they say their names all the time too. Mm. Um, it's really strange. Even with that, I can't remember half the characters' names. Yeah, um, because they're like, apart from Triss and Four, largely uninspired and unmemorable. Mm. Uh, yeah, I kept referring. I keep thinking of Zoe Kravitz. I don't. Yeah, I don't know, know what her name, name is. and I don't know Miles Teller's character. I don't know name. what Naomi Watts's name is. I think she's Evelyn. She is. Yeah. yeah. I only remember Janine and Evelyn because I had to remember which one was which in order to understand the plot. I was like, wait, isn't Evelyn the dead one? No, wait, that Janine, was Janine. Yeah, Janine was um Kate Winslet in the last yeah. two movies. So I had like the only reason that I can remember Janine and Evelyn is because I I was very careful to make that um that distinction. But I yeah. can't remember, like, the rest of them are just their actors' names. Like, Tavia Spencer and, and 
all those guys. Yeah, I, I must have done the same thing because I've written one of the notes I've written is why are Octo- Octavia and Naomi all okay all of a sudden at the end? Why didn't Daniel Day Kim come back? Oh. He was only in two seconds of this movie. Why is he only in because two seconds? Because e- every person of color in this movie was either, was in it for two seconds, either to get killed or just to be in it for two seconds. Yeah, uh, Mackay Pfeiffer's death was like, nobody saw that and went, this might not be something that we want to have here mm. when there's like a neo Nazi skinhead just shooting a black guy in the head at a lynching. Yeah, and, and there were some people in the crowd who were against it, but then it seemed like there was, then they all turned and the mob was for it. Well, there were, yeah, there were both, but I mean, that was. My, it, it, but the people in the crowd against it, like, surely there would have been more against that? It just seems so, like, way, way, way beyond what you would expect for a normal punishment for somebody. Yes. Way beyond. Yes. And, and they were talking, I mean, he did kill people. Mm. Um, they killed a lot of people. But, but like, it's at almost, the same time, it's, it's just this kind of lawless bad. society. Well, they immediately become as bad as the regime that preceded them. Yes, immediately. Immediately. Not not like something that's worked up to. This is something that just, yep, that's it. We're going we're gonna to start shooting people. I feel like there might have been a couple of months in between these ones just because of uh, Shailene Woodley's hair. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it doesn't. it isn't clear why it's suddenly just crazy. Like mm. it's, it does. It isn't clear why the, there's this just sudden collapse of society. Mm. Um, but there is a sudden collapse of society, and all our heroes get out. And there's this bit where like all of them are getting out, and they're like adding all of the people that you know that they need to bring along along the way. Mm. Like, yeah, they bring Ansel Elgort, and they bring Miles Teller, and off she goes on her Shailene Woodley and her three boyfriends road trip again. Yep, and then um, we get Zoe Kravitz, and Maggie Q comes with them as well. Yes, and then Maggie shot. Q immediately dies in the most ridiculous way possible. Mm. To the, That was the first time I think I laughed out loud, <laughs> and like there were people around me like, what are you doing? And I'm like, are you kidding me? They stood on the wall going, yay, we got out, while people are still shooting at them from the ground it yeah. was the dumbest thing i've ever seen i was uh, i was shocked yeah at how stupid that was and then she dies immediately because she's just, old and they can't take her with them. no they just leave her body on the top of the wall well, what are they going to do with the body though they can't. no i know i know but there's no sort of they don't even seem to grieve or anything they're just like oh whoops let's get out of here yeah and tris is sad for a second <laughs> And she's like, no, no, and then maybe that's it. as much as her face is allowed to move, because while they weren't spending money on green screen, I see, feel like they were spending money on making Shailene Woodley's face look like it has no pores. The face I didn't was notice weirdly plastic is smooth. I didn't notice that all because when Shailene Woodley's on screen, all I can see is eyes. Um, I also noticed that her haircut didn't suit her in this one. No, which I mean, she cut her hair and it's been growing out. So I, I don't know if the actress cut her hair or the character cut her hair. I think it was actress and then character. Yeah, but then, so it's probably in that awkward growing out stage. Yes, it it just it doesn't look good. Um, and you know, there's extensions and there's getting her to have another haircut and there's all sorts of things you can do to fix that. Uh, yeah, no, it's not like they don't have professional hairdressers on set to deal with this stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now all I can see when Shailene Woodley's face is on screen is eyes. Like she has enormous freaky anime eyes. Mm. Yeah, and she's a good actress as well, but she was struggling in this. She really was, but I think she was struggling because there's so little for her to do in this. And it's also weird as well because, like, all of a sudden they they explain the whole pure, impure concept, pure damaged concept, and she's pure and all her friends are damaged. She's the only pure from Chicago except for her mother who was pure who got it. Like, they try and explain that whole concept and it doesn't make a lot of sense and then you suddenly have to buy her as this 
messiah figure all dressed in white all the time. Yeah, and the the stuff with the the people on the fringes was really strange. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, seemed to only be there to demonstrate that those guys were bad guys. Like it, it's it's sort of you don't understand where this fits into the narrative of the story. Like it's just basically telling the same story over and over. Well, because it's like we've seen how these people are colonized within the walls. Let's look at how we colonize these people without the outside of the walls. Look at, like it's just more layers of bad guys. Right, and that that's what, it. Just doesn't like. It doesn't feel organic to the story that we know. It's like we're being dropped into a whole nother story, but it's not. There's no purpose to it. Mm. Um, I just felt really frustrated with it. Uh, there's also some very strange other performances going on, especially um Bill Skarsgård. Oh yeah, um, who, creepy, creepy. But then he turns out to be the one who saved them. Yeah, and he he is like creepy stalker guy like every time you see him you're like oh there's creepy mm. stalker guy when is he going to turn on everybody and kill them is what he looks like he's doing yeah i don't know what they were trying to get at with him and then yeah in the end he's like he turns and is the good guy and you're like really that guy yeah well i mean i guess it's okay because they try they're well i think what they're trying to go for is oh he was creepy and weird but he turned out to be nice which is a very boring trope but you didn't feel it you didn't feel him become someone they could trust. Sorry, there was just this moment then when I remembered um, Miles Teller going, that was the best weird shower I've ever had. Oh, the, sh- the whole shower situation. The intake process for this place, whatever it's called. I want to say the hand, but that's the wrong franchise. <laughs> um, the intake process is basically the intake process to a Nazi concentration camp. You get sent to the showers and then like weird shit happens where you can't breathe properly for a second and then they tattoo you. Mm-hmm. What kind? Like, did someone... Did anyone look at that and say, you know, maybe we should be a little bit more sensitive about how we do these things? Like that just... That is a question that I thought of many times when I was watching this movie. Or the whole purity thing as well. Like, Yeah, but but the purity thing, I get it's a metaphor, right? Mm. But like a lot of these things are not metaphors that you want in the movie. Mm. The purity thing is a metaphor they want in this movie. They are going for... Like, everybody should be treated equal, whether it's d- dividing people by class or dividing people by race or whatever. Color, That's what yeah. they're doing here, right? With all metaphors. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, 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 that, but that, yeah, that, the, sh- the shower thing, but also the, um, the way they go out and kidnap children from the wastelands. Mm. That, that, like, maybe, like, could have run a sensitivity filter over that first. Yeah, exactly. Um, those are things that, those are the metaphors you don't want. (laughs) Those are the comparisons you're not, and, and the, the lynching thing is a comparison you don't want to invite. Um, it's really, like, it's really problematic. The only thing that I can say, I'm, I'm still really glad that Divergent series is still really, really equal on gender fronts. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it, it continues to just have women as soldiers and in positions of power and, and like equal numbers of women yeah. in the scenes. Um, there's no kind of, it, it is completely like, uh, um, a gender equal society and mm. nothing is made of that. Yeah. Um, and true. I still really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, that you've got women in all the different roles. You've got women, good guys and women, bad guys and sensitive women and women who are good mothers and women who are bad mothers. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting to get to see all these different types of women and then not over-sexualized. Triss is never over-sexualized. Even in the shower scene, she's not over-sexualized. Mm-hmm. So that's really nice. Yeah, no, I thought they did that, handled that quite well. Yeah, and, and the other women as well, like people like Naomi Watts and Kate Winslet who, you know, could be oversexualized are not. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the, and Octavia Spencer gets a good role and mm. is interesting and stuff. Yeah. Even if she's only in it for three seconds. It just it it's yeah. nice to see that that's all there. Yeah, definitely. 
I just remembered now that Naomi Watts is meant to be Theo James's mother, and it just <laughs> they look. And also the way they fight with each other, they act like they're you know a married couple with a slight age gap. Yeah, I they they look like a couple. Mm, they, they really do. look like a couple. Like he is not that much younger than her, but he looks older than he is, yeah, even though I he's think, playing younger. I think than it's, he it's is. like a fifteen or so year age gap. Not a big like it, not out of the realm of possibility for a couple to be that far apart. But also she's you know an actress, so she looks young and awesome. Mm, she just looks great, mm. um, and he. But he just looks older. He mm. looks so much older than Tris yeah. too, to me. Uh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's true too, because she's meant to be a teenager, and he's meant to be like maybe in his early twenties. Yeah, and he doesn't look like he's in his early twenties. He looks like he's thirty. Yeah, uh, he looks like he's a thirty-year-old auditioning for his own action franchise, which is what happens when he gets all those bits to himself. I, I almost felt like the director liked him more and wanted to spend more time on him. And I, I do think that's I kind think of maybe it's the story, though. Yeah. Uh, the, I I know the book. I haven't read it, but I know it shifts to his narrative. So I think they are that that's as much a victim of the shift towards his narrative. I think it's also a victim of the fact that um, Theo James can clearly pull off the action scenes yeah. in a way that a lot of the other actors can't really well. And because there's a fight scene on a plane. Oh, it's it's yeah. the best fight scene and the most brutal fight scene in this whole season mm. series. Mm, um, it is. Job brutal and it is fantastic like the choreography while the plane's falling and and the way that they move around mm-hmm. i mean we've seen things like that b- before but um usually they make a big show of it and it's just kind mm-hmm. of part of it in this and and there's just this kind of like momentary adjustment it's not like a big showy thing like mm-hmm. in fast and furious yeah yeah and you kind of believe it until the mo- mo- the plane crashes into mm-hmm. the ground and you're like they weren't even secured and they all walk out of it, yeah. But, well, the two main ones, yeah. the two good guys walk out of it. Yeah, totally ridiculous. But, yeah, I thought that was – and he gets a, a couple of action scenes like that. He really can uh, can kill the action scenes and you can see that and he can do it. I have a feeling that Shailene Woodley, for all that she looks tough in this movie, can't really do it. Yeah. Um, well, it just makes me a little bit sad. That, like, in a girl-led action movie, we're not actually getting much girl-led action. But, you know, that's – she's she isn't actually meant to be a fighter. There are other women who are fighters in the – yeah, well, which is which makes it I can think I, I think okay. Yeah. Yeah, she didn't get she got some of her training and then it kind of got cut off in the first one. So mm, yeah. um I think it's it's sort of a little bit uh acceptable, I guess. Yeah, 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 the shift to four kind of is at the movie's detriment. So we're now like halfway through. You want to talk about Miles Teller? Yeah, oh, he's so charming. Like he's too charming. He's supposed to double cross them and he double crosses them every movie because like as if and also he's double crossed them like three or four times now. You he double crosses it someone. Out. Like yeah. it's it's either the good guys or the bad guys every movie. Yeah, but you'd think they'd have figured it out. But anyway, and I think they kind of have. But he's so, so charming and he's by far the best of these actors. Like he's clearly a breakout star from this. He is the best thing in this by such a big margin, such a wide margin that like the movie is just not as good when he's not in it. Mm. It just like and and it's a bad movie, but when he's in it, he manages to elevate it every time. He seems to get the only comic relief as well. The yeah, only funny lines. Like he's not. I, from what I can tell, from what I've read, he's not as likable in the books. But you're like, if you don't want to make him likable, stop making him the only funny character mm. because everybody's gonna like the person who's telling jokes if nobody else is doing it. Yeah, especially next to Ansel Elgort. Right, like, putting those two together oh, is not yeah. a good idea because they're both like betrayers but you're like i know who i'm gonna go for i mean at the end of this movie i'm rooting for miles teller alone out of all of the characters Mm. and he's the only one who's betraying everybody yeah (laughs) like i'm just like as long as miles teller is okay and happy then i'm good yeah and that's probably the reason we could sit through these another one of these movies yeah exactly i mean well i i did 
I didn't find this one as much of a chore to sit through because it's so ridiculous mm. that a lot of the time you're just sort of thinking this is so insane. Oh, the climax where they release this gas into the <laughs> population and it doesn't really affect anybody. I don't understand how gas works. Yeah, like the gas just crawls along the floor and doesn't doesn't get inhaled by any of our main characters. Or any of the people in the city. No, nobody, nobody is affected by, by this gas. gas. Oh my god! Which has been let so out, dumb. and also it like it. It seems like the memory gas has to, like initially we see it come through like a breathing mask, and the person has to breathe quite a bit in as well. So releasing a whole lot into a city that has you know an open atmosphere, it's probably not going to be very effective anyway. It's going to dissipate really quickly. Yeah, unless they, I mean, they pumped out heaps of it, but it just sort yeah. of rolls along the ground. the ground. It doesn't seem like the most so effective plan. Ridiculous. Oh my god! And and the thing is like. It gets to a point, like, David seems like he's smart until you actually start to think about what's going on in the movie. And then you're like, David's an idiot. Mm. Like, Jeff Daniels, because he's Jeff Daniels, he does a really good job. And I like this career resurgence of Jeff Jeff Daniels that we're having now. Mm. He's getting to play lots of great roles and he's really good in them. And he's really charismatic in this. Mm. So you kind of overlook the fact that he's a dumbass for most of the movie. But, like, then one of his plans is he takes Triss to a meeting where it turns out, like... He was going to ask for more funding. Yeah, so he told Tris that they were the ones who were going to decide whether or not to intervene in the horror show that is going on mm. in Chicago. Um, but it turns out that they're just the board to give him more funding. And then he his plan was to take Tris there and then have her stand in the background and say nothing. Yeah, and so... After commenting on how, like, how much of a little spitfire she is... Just like five minutes before in the movie. Right. It's like he has, has absolutely no idea. Yes, this will definitely work out. Yeah. And the, and the board are just like, well, he's he can intervene if he wants. He's just come to us for money. And she's like, what? If it, what? And then the audience is like, what the f***? Mm. But not because you don't see, like, not because you don't know that David's a bad guy. Everybody knows that David's a bad guy mm. by the reverence with which everybody says his name. Mm. Um, but, like... In that way, like that he's such a stupid bad guy when he's mm. supposed to be this kind of mastermind. Yeah. It's yeah, so how does this guy get to the top of this cult Actually, and stay there? Both of the bad guys in this were kind of under par because Naomi Watts is really working at her role, but she just turns into like this kind of whining, crying mess. We don't really have enough of a journey from the character from the last. Like you can sort of see an echo of that character from the last film. There's not really a journey from that character who is like a boss and like a little bit ruthless to a person who encourages a lynching. Who encourages a lynching and then cries about it. Mm. You know, that's the thing about her is that she's just yeah. like, oh, it's all out of control. It's all out of my hands. But you're like, but you chose you did it. did this. Like, and then she's constantly whining about how Four doesn't love her. And you're mm. like, yeah, because you're killing people. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he didn't like – he escaped from your household a long time ago or no she left him oh she oh that's right because he she left him and then the dad was yeah but still like you what do you expect it's such a strange role she leaves her son and then like her arc is supposed to be that she's this like aloof bad guy but then she isn't Mm. it's it's not and she's not interesting or exciting in any way and and she's naomi watts Right, and you can see her working so hard to yeah. make it interesting, but it's not an interesting and role. She's, uh, yeah, that's right, and she's very charming too. Like she's a she's a good actor as well, and she's being wasted. And then there's also the problem that you just don't ever buy. Like you just keep forgetting that she's his mother mm. all the time because yeah. there's no way that she's, she's just his too mother. young. 
Yeah. Um, it's a mess. It's just a mm-hmm. mess. Yeah. Um, and it's such a like, it's such a silly mess that it is kind of funny to watch it. But I mean, there's all these little bits and pieces that we haven't even talked about yet, like the future technology and those drones and how they come back at the end of it. Mm -hmm. And are they trying to make a commentary on drone warfare? No, because the drones are just kind of cool. Well, the drones seem to be good and to be helpful for them. Yeah. And as with all drones, and as we talked about when we did Eye in the Sky, drones are like they protect the person who's using them and they're worse for the people who are on the other side of them. Mm. And that would have been an interesting thing to explore. And I don't think they ever quite get there. They're just like, wow, look at these cool toys I have. And, you know, there's the self-flying helicopter and all that kind of stuff, which he gets, Shailene Woodley gets in the self-flying helicopter and and straps herself in and then sits with, like, cross legs. So bizarre. That was weird because because of the dress they put her in Yeah, they put her in this, like, short skirt and she's sitting with her legs crossed. I'm like, this is really distracting. Just sit normally, please. Yeah. Well, she couldn't, she can't sit normally in the dress because it comes up to, like, mid-thigh. Yeah. yeah. And she's in a helicopter. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Ridiculous. But the costuming is bad, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The costuming is not – hair and makeup were so off their game on this. And, like, these kinds of movies are, like, dream workshops for hair for hair and makeup. Right, because in, in the future you're allowed a whole lot of freedom to kind of work with different types of material, different types of looks, experiment. I mean, the you know, the Hunger Games movies managed to do this kind of, like, off-kilter, like, future retro thing mm. and maze runner everybody looks ridiculous but gorgeous yeah well it, the both of those films it's they do a really good job of like working they do they've obviously worked through the logic of these people have lived in this dystopian future for a while so what you know what would they've been able to scavenge and what would they have and what would they not have and what materials would they have like they actually think through that process i'm not sure mm. they do that here they're just like um as soon as we get to the bureau uh shailene woodley's like give her clothes and they dress her in white all the time and then then she's in like she's pure yeah random which white racist. top yeah racist and sexist um they they dress her in like these white I think tops it's only sexist chinos and by virtue of her being um a girl well i mean yeah yeah, yeah. Like, like what's got to do with purity and virginity and all that yeah sort of i stuff. don't think that's what they were Go like I don't think that the virginity angle is what they were going for. I don't think they're going for like wedding dresses there. Um, I think they're going for like white is unmarked and undamaged, like her DNA, not like her virginity. Because there's no question that she's had sex. They very make it very clear many times that she and four are having sex, and there's no problem with that. Yeah, so I don't think that they're going for. That's why I don't think they're going for that angle. Mm -hmm. Like it just doesn't. It doesn't play into this narrative. Yeah. Yeah, that is good. I mean, the the gender on on the gender front, these movies are great. <laughs> yeah, re- relatively. Yeah. For all of their flaws, no, not even relatively. I mean, like if you look at like an example of fifty movies across the board, this is better on the gender front than Hunger Games is. Hunger Games has more sexism in it than Divergent does. Maze Runner is horrifically sexist. Yeah, yeah, we know. Um, I still like those movies more than this. <laughs> I really liked that zombie thought, bit in the th- last actually, one. That was- man. I had some trouble when I first watched this because I haven't, you know, looked at one of these since the last time I went to the movies and watched one. I haven't looked at a maze runner movie since the last time I went to the movies and watched that. Mm. I was getting confused between the two of them because the whole wall around the city, got to escape thing and who's going to betray. Like I was really genuinely confused for the first 15 or so minutes about which movie, (laughs) which series I was in. Yeah. I mean, I feel like for all that Maze Runner is also ridiculous and has its problems and is horrifically sexist and this movie doesn't have the the – Teresa character who is oh, like God. the worst character ever. And the only girl. Yeah. 
No, they get another girl and then they, they like make her sick, remember? Oh, that's right. Brenda. Um, yes. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I, liked her. I know. That's what I'm saying is like there's a whole chunk of Maze Runner that I genuinely like. Yeah, that, I, that's the bit I can remember where they get meet Brenda and Alan Tudyk and they go into the wild and they climb yeah. the mountains. And, yeah. And and those movies also, there's something in those movies where I feel like the cast likes each other <laughs> that I don't get from diver- the Divergent well, series. And I, it might just be because the characters are always con- like always betraying each other and horrible to each I other. But I also see. don't feel anything between Shailene Woodley and Theo James after three movies. No, they, no, nothing. Um, And he, all I feel is that he's getting better, which is good for him, but she's not. And, no, um, she's stagnating. Yeah. Uh, and this is one where I think we discussed last time, like Miles Teller is doing things under contractual obligation and he's not happy to be there. And I wouldn't be surprised if at this stage the same is true for the other three as well, or the other four even, because it's not like Zoe Kravitz and Shailene Woodley and even Ansel Elgort have got, haven't got better offers yeah. to do other things. And, and these movies are bad. Mm. But the thing is, the Maze Runner movies are bad, but at least it seems like people are having fun making them. Yeah. You know, like it seems like they're trying to make the best of this mess that they can. Mm. And like the cast likes each other. And I think part of that is also like disenfranchisement of the lead. Uh, Like, I feel like, I mean, Dylan O'Brien is clearly getting in there because he's the one getting hurt on his set. I know. Yeah. I, I, I check every like couple of days news updates about him to see how he's going because I worry. Yeah, I worry um, too. Because he's a babe. Um, But anyway, uh, yeah, but it's like he's really kind of, I think he kind of rallies the troops a bit and Shailene Woodley just doesn't seem like she wants to be here. No. And, and that spreads. And that, it's you're not right, just you're, her. You're so right. It's uh, now... I never sort of think about that on movies, but that's something that happens on plays. And you're mm. like, if you, the, it sets, you, you kind of set the tone from the top. Happens on TV, TV shows. TV shows, a lot too. it happens a lot, yeah. Yeah. But it, it, the, the tone is set from the top, and she's not setting the tone, and she's, or she's not even stepping up to kind of be the lead. No. Yeah, no, she's not. And, and she isn't the lead of this one, and that's not her fault. No. Like, she is trying to share the lead with Theo James when he's got more to do than she does. And more interesting stuff, yeah. Um, I feel like we've been talking, we haven't even, like, covered some of the more insane things in oh, this movie. Like? um, No, just the whole concept of, like, it's so confusing with the pure and the damaged. Who are the damaged? Oh, I know. I never get, <laughs> I don't understand it because it does when he talks to her, he sounds, he makes it sound as though she's the only pure, except that it turns out that everyone who's in the bureau is pure. Yeah, everyone who's outside the wall is pure. So, like, but other, but other people who are outside the wall, but contaminated by the pollution in the air, pure. Well, uh, if they get picked up as children and cleaned by the bureau, but, but again, that has nothing to do. The damagedness has nothing the to do with the environment. And the purity has to do with your DNA. It's got to do with uh, whether you were part of the experiment to make adjustments to the DNA or not. Right, and the DNA happened because they like could well, they, make well. It was just, it, it, it happened actually. That that is one of the sensible bits of science in the whole thing is that people decided to start editing their DNA to kind of avoid horrible diseases, and then they went down a slippery slope to let's try and avoid all of these other things, and then it went really and bad. And then nuclear war, yeah, which kind of reminded me of like the underpants gnomes. You know, it's like step one DNA purity, step two war, and <laughs> yeah. you're like, wait. Wait, what? Yeah. There's no kind of indication of what the steps are in and there. They don't, well, and they don't really explain it very well. And it's not at all clear to the audiences, too. That it's not. It, yeah, you get the feeling that she's the only pure. Like, she's the chosen one. Right. It's She's not. Right. She's the only pure to come because, out of this experiment. Because Bill and, Skarsgård's 
thing has pure written on it and he can get them through the wall. Yes. And the thing is, it doesn't matter that she's pure anyway because everybody seems to be pretty much equal. Like the mm. other divergent divergents are just as good as she is. So why does it matter? And and it like seems to Joanna only matter is to Joanna, David. That's Octavia Spencer. Yeah. Seems to only matter to David. Yeah. Like even- or, and, and but then they're also all greeted as celebrities when they first get to the bureau and yeah. then that's just kind of dropped. Well, and that's the other thing is that the whole time the Bureau has been watching everyone in Chicago, so they kind of are celebrities because they've been watching them on reality TV every day. And the movie does that thing where, like, people ask questions and nobody answers them. But or, least, they, or, worse, or they don't. They answer with something completely different. No, no, but the worst thing about it is when the, the, the main characters don't ask the questions. Mm. At least in, in Maze Runner, Thomas is constantly asking questions and everybody's like, no, I'm not going to answer that. But in this one, like, half the time, Tris just doesn't ask. Like, no. they get picked up by these ships that have goo floating things and she's just like, okay. Yep. You know who does ask questions? Miles, Miles Teller. Teller. <laughs> and that is why Miles Teller is the best character yeah. in this movie. Um, that like he's the only person who's kind of going, yeah, this sucks and, and this is dumb. That Ansel Lumpgort, who is from the Blue House, which is I can't remember what it's called, but they're the smart ones. He's Ravenclaw, right? He, you would think that maybe the Ravenclaws might be a bit curious. You think that would be in his character to be curious? But yes. No, nope. It's only no, it's it's, it's, a, uh, it's it's um the Black House. Whatever it, it starts with E. Erudite. Erudite. Thank Erudite. You. Um, it, it, and, but it's not. It's Miles Teller who's from the Daredevil house. Dauntless. Dauntless. Who asks questions. Which is, I mean, that's... And, and the only too. ones they have are three Dauntlesses. Mm. Four, four Dauntlesses and, well, one Divergent, yep. three Dauntlesses and the t- quit from Erudite, and which are the bad guys. So technically four is a Divergent. I also don't... Well, yes, but Triss is the Divergent. Um, right. I also don't understand. There was this bit where David just lays out the uh, the theory behind and the morals of the first couple of movies, which is like, if you're too brave, then you're reckless. But then he goes, if you're too smart, then you lose empathy. Yep. And that's not true. That's not scientifically true. That's not proven in any studies. That's just not true. No. Um, sometimes the only person people who's who... too smart and loses empathy is like someone like Sherlock Holmes, who's a deliberately written character. That's not the same as being. But also, like... Sherlock Holmes clearly has empathy. Some, yeah. but he does clearly have empathy, and he also has some kind of like trouble relating to people. Yeah, yeah. It's... Um, which is like being smart and having that trouble relating people and not being empathetic are not two sides of the same no. coin in that case. Um, and that's what it's painted as, as two sides of the same coin, and I just don't think that's true. I think a lot of the mm. times what they're looking at is like scientists who go, if we can, like the, the Topher Brink thing where they go, where he's like, if I can do it and mm. I do do it, does it make me arrogant? Is, am I forgetting about mm. people? But they're always thinking about those things, which makes them have empathy. And scientists especially often do have empathy. They're often doing these experiments and then going, how can we use this to make things better? If we can't make things better, should we do it? And that's constantly in question. Yeah. And I think they're try- uh, they're, what they're actually, the dichotomy they're actually trying to work through is like logic versus emotion kind of dichotomy, yeah. which is, a, is different. Just because you're very logical doesn't mean you don't have empathy. Like look at Mr. Spock. Right, exactly. Logic and, and, and empathy are not two sides of the same coin. They're, no, it's logic but and you emotion. Could have logic and Sometimes emotion are, but not problem. all the time. Yeah. Um, and I, I find that really frustrating, actually. Now, if anybody on the internet goes, tries to use the word logic in any conversation with me, I'm like, no, I'm not going to talk about this now because I feel like 
they they just use logic to go, well, you're too emotional. <laughs> yeah, it, and it's true. That's what people do. Yeah, um, but that's it's just not true that intelligence and and uh, empathy are uh, on no. different sides of a spectrum. Whereas, yes, if you get too brave, you can be reckless. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are too selfless then you fail to kind of see the problems with, like, fail to step up. Yeah. And and become a leader and, and yeah. do something that can help other people. Yes. When you're too selfless. Or, um, you know, all of those things are much more accurate, I feel, than the concept. And that was the big part of the last movies, mm. is that if you're too intelligent, you lose empathy. And that's a real problem for me. I don't think that's just not true. No. Anyway, cool. Uh, right. Do you want to give this a rating? Oh, one star. Um... No, two stars. That's rude. I'm going to give it one and a half stars because uh, I did think Miles Teller was good. Yeah, and no, one star feels cruel. Maybe one and a half is the right right mark. All right. Both of us one and a half? Yeah, Yeah. both of us one and a half. Um, Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you'd like to read our show notes or find old episodes, they're up on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to read Katie's review of Allegiant and the other movies that she watches, you can find them on her blog, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. And we're all over social media, tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. Facebook.com forward slash Silver Screen Queens and at Screen underscore Queens on Twitter. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.